0: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. There's a new gritty British crime drama in town, 6-4. <laughs> That's
1: not her. in Edinburgh It's too close to us, it's too small Do you remember a girl called Julie Mackey? I. the uh, the family said it was a kidnapping But it was a disappearance No one I mean, has no evidence to the country So what do you think happened? I don't know Dad
0: was a crank, I remember that
1: Mr Mackey, please I need to talk to you My daughter's missing as well!
2: The four part ITV series follows characters Chris and Michelle O'Neill as their teenage daughter goes missing. But these aren't ordinary parents, though. Chris is a serving police detective and Michelle is a former undercover officer. The disappearance also has a number of striking similarities with a previously unsolved local case. Created by BAFTA Scotland award-winning screenwriter Gregory Burke and inspired by the best-selling Japanese novel of the same name, the TV adaptation is set mainly in Glasgow. The story is about kidnap, corruption, betrayal, and above all else, an uncompromising search for the truth. With me now is star of Six Four actor Kevin McKidd.
1: I mean, the, the initial draw to Six Four was um, it was actually working with Gregory Burke. Gregory Burke, uh, I'm sure you know, is a you know very prolific. Scottish writer who I worked with before we did a one-off drama about 10 years ago and we always said let's find something else to do together and um, I was I was I was trying to adapt a book a novel into a tv show about a year just over a year ago and Gregory was the person that came into my mind as potentially being the um you know the person that could adapt it so I call him and we haven't talked in a few years and he said it's so funny you called Kev. He said, your voice, you, we were literally talking about you today in a casting concepts meeting for this thing I'm doing called 6-4. I said, oh, what is it? So he told me about his project. I, I told him about mine. I said, look, I'll send you the book if you send me your script. And so the book hasn't happened yet, but but the script I really I really loved. And so that was kind of the uh, the genesis of this whole thing. was I just found I was gripped by episode one and uh, – uh, and that was it. And I love the character of Chris O'Neill. So yeah, that was that's how it all came to be.
2: The TV adaptation of Six Four is inspired by, but doesn't necessarily stay true to the original novel, does it?
1: Yeah, you know, Gregory. I said to Gregory in prep, you know, I said, "Should I read the novel?" He went, "No, don't bother." He said, "You can if you want, Kev." <laughs> he said, "You know, the, he really used the the skeleton, if you will, of the story in Six Four and the themes mm-hmm. as a sort of inspiration, as opposed to a true adaptation." If that makes sense. So he felt by reading the book, it might actually confuse the actors because there's quite a lot of different things happen because Scotland and Japan are such different places culturally. It was kind of impossible to make it a true straight page-to-page adaptation, if that makes sense.
2: Are you a fan of the crime thriller genre in general?
1: I am. I enjoy, um, I don't read much crime, but I do enjoy when there's a great crime thriller comes on. It's funny, like, I remember again during rehearsals, and while we were still kind of working and crafting the script, as we were working through rehearsals, you know, I kept saying, "You know, this the, all I care is that this this thing passes the Neil McKidd test." Now, the Neil McKidd test is my father, who what reads every crime novel and re and watches every crime drama, so he knows a mile away. He can see a mile away when the plot twists are coming and who did it and all this kind of stuff. So we need to keep if we can we can keep him watching, then we've done a good job. And I think we've, I think we've passed the Neil McKinnon test. Honestly, that's the most nervous I am because he won't hold back.
2: (laughs) Kevin, you've had huge success in the US with the very polished Grey's Anatomy. How different is it getting prepared for a role like this one?
1: You know, I mean, End of the day, I think the job, whether you're doing a theatre play, an Amer- a, a very polished and slick American TV show, or a gritty British drama, it's all the same work. It's really getting to the truth of the character, and and finding what the authentic voice is of this piece is. You know, I think it's the same process, to be honest, no matter what you're working on. I really enjoyed the opportunity. You know, it is, Grace is a very, you know, network television in America. You know, it's all very slick. It's very beautifully lit and everybody looks great all the time. And that's fantastic. But it was really fun for me. You know, I came from that sort of pitch and sink, gritty British drama world. So this felt like coming home for me in a strange way but like coming back putting on a comfortable t-shirt you know after years of not being around it so it just felt like it felt very natural to come back into this sort of gritty very realistic drama setting for me because it's kind of with a, you know I worked as an actor for 15 years before the whole American thing happened for me so you know it felt like this is just me going back to kind of what I know you know and and I'm most familiar with if that makes sense
2: let's go to the ads stay there to hear more from kevin McKidd on returning home to scotland and whether or not we'll get a series two of the new itv crime drama
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot wherever you get your podcasts thanks for listening
2: welcome back still with me is the star of the itv drama 64 kevin mckid kevin this project actually took you back home to scotland what was it like getting to film there again
1: it was brilliant, you know. It was. I mean, I remember the table read. I came, I came to Glasgow and I lived in Glasgow after drama school. I went to drama school in Edinburgh for four years and then moved to Glasgow because that's where all the acting parts were at that time. And um, so I walked through the streets of Glasgow the day I got back and instantly bumped into people just on the street that I know that are pals, you know, without even phoning to see if they were around. So it was just brilliant. It, the crews are fantastic. This talent level of actors is just brilliant um and and so it was just a joy the whole thing was a real joy for me uh, you know and, and this is not a critique of american actors but you know after the table I remember I said to somebody it's so funny you know american actors a lot of the time they're kind of acting alongside each other you know kind of looking out front towards the camera you know it's quite presentational and that's a real skill in itself but british actors tend to act with each other if that makes sense and they don't care about where the camera is and and that kind of stuff they just connect with each other and that just felt like brilliant to be back in that playing field
2: and this is your first role as a police detective right
1: yeah it's my first ever police officer detective or whatever it's funny i've been offered to play policeman a lot over the years i think i did actually do one policeman in a short film uh years ago called marcy's Dowry. Um, but apart from that i've always avoided it and i always had this sense of like you know i should go like it felt because i kind of look like a policeman you know um so i kind of always felt that like well that's going to be there anyway i should try and break new ground in other areas before i just kind of go back but playing a detective is very specific and i would studied uh, i became friends with a glasgow-based detective lovely guy and you know we'd hang out quite a lot, and just to get inside his head. And what's interesting about the detective job is you have to be very great. you have to be great with people. You know, you're not being some tough guy and all that kind of stuff most of the time. Sometimes you do have to get tough on someone, but most of the time it's really about being quite demure and quite low key and and sort of um, unassuming and non-threatening to to get people to um, open up. To you so that was really interesting to sort of just be around that guy and, and really sort of get into his head about about what it takes to be a good detective
2: a big part of getting into your character chris o'neill was finding the right coat for him to wear wasn't it
1: yeah i mean i know ben williams who i think is just a brilliant director and he, we're going to see much more and more and more of him because he's such a talent and um ben was like i think he needs this coat and he said we and it took us about two weeks to find this coat you know we kept trying different cokes because the whole concept for chris was that it's really about this man who's kind of in a midlife not a midlife crisis but more of like a midlife funk like there's a disconnection in his marriage him and his wife are sort of Break, the marriage is breaking apart. His ambition in his job is completely gone. He's kind of in a dead end in his job. He's kind of been passed over in his life. Oh, that's how he feels when we first meet him. But he's kind of this grey man, this guy who has kind of the weight of the world on him. And he's kind of walk, keep walking through his life, if that makes sense. And then with his daughter going missing and then this cold case from 15 years ago and all this political espionage and his brother being involved somehow because his brother is much higher up in the police it kind of wakes Chris up and we see him reignite and come alive again after years of being kind of dormant. So I think Ben really wanted this coat, this green, sort of big, heavy-looking coat to sort of, you know, uh, be a sort of physical uh, representation of the weight of the world kind of pressing down on Chris. So, yeah, when we found that coat, we realised that was the one. But it took us about two weeks to find it.
2: What set Six Four apart from other crime dramas? I think it's a combination of
1: things. I like the fact I, I, I was very drawn in. When I first read the episode one, I, um, I was very drawn in instantly. The opening scene is Chris and his wife sat in a waiting room of a morgue in Edinburgh. Uh, and they, you see them go in to identify a dead teenage girl's body that could potentially be their own daughter who went missing a few weeks ago. Now that, just in itself, that opening scene, I think is every and I'm a parent, and every parent's worst nightmare. You know, it's your worst nightmare come alive. And I think that draws the audience, it drew me in, I think it draws the audience in very quickly. So it's not, you realise it's not just about this ace of the week or some kind of mystery that needs to be solved. It's this very family-oriented, traumatic drama that we're also seeing unfold at the same time as this great sort of twist and turn kind of thriller plays out uh, alongside it.
2: Can you tell us yet whether there'll be another series?
1: If It's received well, and I know that we all had such a good time doing it that I certainly, and I think Gregory would too, if we found the right story, would like to revisit these characters again. But all I'll say about the end of episode four is that a lot of the questions, many of the questions, most of the questions that get posed and the mysteries that need to be solved are solved in a very interesting way. But what they lead to is more questions about a deeper layer of corruption and control in a power structure of our society that i think we we, if we were to do it again we'd really sort of crack open and look at again so there's a lot more there's kind of a lot of um seeds that are planted at the end of this thing for potentially more questions and more answers as you go forward so yeah if it does well and i'm hoping it will um i think there's definitely an appetite to do a season
0: two
2: Episodes of 6 4 are available to stream on ITVX now. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4 pm.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Telaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.